I was watching TV with my nine-year-old son when a sports car commercial came on the screen. This attractive woman strutted around the car in a pretty provocative manner. My son, who was annoyed by the woman getting in the way of the car, yelled out, she's blocking my view. And my clearly prepubescent son turned to me and asked, Dad, why is there a woman in this commercial anyway? Aren't they just trying to sell a car? My son was learning for the very first time how broadly sex is used in our world, which really begs the question, what is the ultimate purpose of sexuality? And what does Judaism say in terms of how we should approach this critical part of life? One of my great teachers, Rabbi Dr. Norman Lamb, described what he believes Western-minded people embrace as the two concepts of sex in our society, two extremes that fall on the opposite ends of the spectrum. One attitude to sex is our, in our society is total openness, the idea that we should embrace anything and everything within sexuality, since ultimately, sex is just a natural biological urge, no different than any other bodily function. This view, which is inspired by Freud and others, is a kind of what I would call do-whatever-feels-good attitude. And the other view of sex in our world is the exact opposite. It's a certain puritanical, ascetic, and sex-negating outlook. And that view of sex as dirty or wrong has its source in early Christianity, which taught that sex was the original sin, and procreation is ultimately what passes that sin on from one generation to the next. The ideal within this approach is not just to control the sexual urge, but if possible, repress it altogether. Procreation is somehow legitimized within the marital chamber, but fundamentally sex is just not a good thing. Simply put, if you look at these two approaches, sex in our society is either all good or all bad. Judaism denies both of these extremes. It rejects the do-whatever-feels-good approach, and depending on how it's approached, Judaism looks upon sex in a very positive light, and there are a number of indications of this. The Kabbalah, the Jewish mystical tradition, teaches that the divine presence dwells only in a home where husband and wife are intimate with each other. And the famous command to be fruitful and multiply, to procreate, was the very first mitzvah given to humankind. Sex is the means through which God's world is populated and ultimately God's plan is carried out. But even beyond procreation, we believe in Judaism that sex is viewed as a positive value in of itself. In Genesis, the Torah tells us that a man should leave his father and his mother, cleave to his wife, they should become one flesh. And that verse teaches the importance of intimacy beyond having children for a couple, for a married couple. The Ketubah, which outlines the husband's responsibilities to his wife, includes the husband's obligation to provide his wife with food, with clothing, and, quote, satisfaction, which we know refers to the sexual satisfaction which the husband is supposed to provide for his wife. That's separate from the Torah's obligation to be fruitful and multiply. We also know that Jewish tradition teaches that when sex between husband and wife cannot lead to childbearing, for example, while a woman is pregnant or after menopause, we know that sex is still encouraged between husband and wife in Jewish tradition. Simply put, Judaism does not see sex as wrong or some kind of concession to human weakness or something undesirable but necessary in order to have children. Judaism views sex as a vehicle for holiness by directing a husband and wife to channel their physical desires towards giving 
for one another and to building something beyond themselves. The Hebrew word for love is ahava, which is taken from the root hav, because hav means to give. And we know that giving ultimately creates love. The giving of physical pleasure within a committed relationship helps to build lasting love and creates the foundation ultimately for a home and a family. And so now sex is used to create much more than just pleasure. It's literally holiness. And that's why the biblical term for a prostitute, ironically, is kadesha, from the word holy, because sex, if channeled properly, carries the power to create holiness. If used for pure physical pleasure, as in the case of a prostitute, then it loses that power. And the feeling that we're left with is fleeting. And I think it explains why the hookup culture in which our society is today leaves so many feeling so unsatisfied and unfulfilled. Because when physical pleasure isn't coupled with anything deeper, the pleasure we get is short-lived. And the quick high we get from sex becomes more of a tease than anything else. The more we live this way, the more of a tease it becomes. Modern studies confirm that there's a diminishing return when it comes to physical pleasure. At a certain point, the more we engage in sex or the more food we ate, the less physical gratification we derive actually from the experience. But there's no diminishing point of return for love. The more you feed it, the more it grows. When sex is used in this way, it not only creates a deeper, longer lasting love beyond the instant, it forms the basis for the creation of a home from which children and family are developed and from which the world can ultimately benefit. Sex is the fuel for all of this. Or it can just be sex. The choice is ours. This is Rabbi Mark Wilds, and you're watching JTV. To stay up to date with the latest JTV content, if you're on YouTube, click subscribe below the video and the alarm bell. And if you're on Facebook, click the like button and under following, click see first.